I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Max. And I'm Skylar. Recently, we decided to start watching Bob's Burgers to see what it was all about. And it didn't take us long to become completely obsessed with the show. But one of the things we love the most about the show is the brilliant end credit sequences. Which is why we created this podcast. Each week, we're going episode by episode to talk about the elaborate end credits. We're excited to have you join us right here on Bob's Credits. We'll make sure the Bob's Burgers end credits get the credit they're due. All right! You're you waiting for it? I'm waiting for it. Okay. You're so vain. You probably uh. think this song Chip Chipperoo. So on theme today. So on theme. The Chip Chipperoo has been themed chip, for this episode. Chip uh, You. Me? What? What's going on over there? You probably think this song is about Chip Chipperoo. I already did the Chip Chipperoo <laughs> to the song. I'm sorry. Struggling <laughs> I got, over I got there. confused. I'm just like... I fangirl over Carly Simon, so I'm a little like, Well, we're going to be talking about all things Carly Simon, or not really all things, just Carly Simon, a little bit later. Yep. But first of all, season five, here we are. What a way to start season five off, Bob's Burgers. How have we made it to season five on this podcast? Uh, Quarantine, boredom in our day jobs. Definitely. Love doing the podcast. Definitely. Love our fans. That too. I think that's how we made it. Uh-huh. Biscuit is licking himself right now. Thank you, Max. Uh, hey, I'm just saying he's as excited as we are to do this. I'm so excited for season five. Um, I'm excited for this episode. I think Bob's at this point has completely found its magic. They know who they are. And is, yeah, and is just going full throttle. Charlie's Angels. Which I feel like would eventually be a Bob's Burgers parody episode. The Charlie's Angels full throttle? Yeah. yeah. You know what that's from? Super bad. There's one point, and I, I think it's totally improvised line, but Michael Sarah says like full throttle, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> what? It's, it's a great line. That's amazing. Yeah. Maybe we can find a clip later because yeah. I need to see that. It's so funny. Oh, I went through a major Michael Sarah phase. Oh, who didn't go through a major Michael Sarah phase? Have we ever come out of the, the Michael Sarah phase? Well, maybe Michael Sarah is over the Michael Sarah phase. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time. I miss him. The last thing I saw him was when I went to Broadway and saw him on that Broadway play alone. Oh, that's right. You saw a celeb there too. At the play? Yeah. No. Didn't you see what's that? 
NYU teacher. James Franco. Yeah. That was at Springsteen on Broadway. I saw James Franco. Okay. So say, in right the same Right after the week. allegations. So that was awkward. <laughs> I, I, I made eye contact Michael with him. Michael Sarah would never. No. Oh, sorry. Please right. tell Let's your story. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. God, please. Um, who, Chris Evans was in the play with him. With Michael Sarah. Yeah. It was called Lobby Hero. Was it good? It was good. And also uh, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta and the Eternals coming out. You know you know him if you saw What him. a cast. Yeah, it was great. Cool. I enjoyed it. I was very close to the stage. Oh, very cool. Anyway, that's the last I've seen of Michael Sarah, but I'm sure he's out there doing his thing. I he hope probably so. got tired of kind of like the typecastingness of his mm-hmm. persona, maybe. I don't maybe know. Maybe the fame. He he didn't seem like a very he didn't seem like a Leo, if you yeah. know what I mean. Sorry uh, I to all those know. Leos out there. I don't know what that means. Um Speaking of great pieces of art. This episode. This episode, season five premiere, they went for it. We're going to get into it, but first we have to play the first Bob pun or Max pun of season five. Let's do it. Are you ready? These are all themed. Any guesses what they are themed? I hope just Carly Simon songs. No, because I, I honestly don't know that many Carly Simon songs off the top of my head except for You're So Vain. Do you? Where you lead, I will follow. Is that anywhere. Carly Simon? Hell yeah, it's Carly Simon. Right, it's not Carol King. It's Carol King. It's Carol King. <laughs> That's okay. Can you please cut that? No, I'm keeping that in. No, <laughs> I'm keeping that in. They're similar singer songwriters from the same era. Both of their names start with Car. So I understand the mix up. Okay. They're both legendary. I think I understand where the mix up came from. Um, no, these are all 80s movies themed because we're going to talk about a bunch of 80s movies. Well, not a bunch, but two very big 80s movies That's for this so episode. That's so exciting. Okay. Your first pun is Edamame Dearest Burger. Comes with Edamame for Mommy <laughs> Dearest from 1981. I'm going to hope that that's you. So I'm just going to say Max. Bob. <gasps> that's a good one, Bob. No wire hangers. That's what that's from, right? Yeah. Did I at least get one? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Cultural reference, right? Um, Your next pun is St. Elmo's Fire Roasted Corn Burger for St. Elmo's Fire from 1985. Um, I'm going to go Max. Yes. Max has a thing for fire roasted corn. Just whenever there's fire, I do a fire roasted something. <laughs> fire roasted salsa, fire roasted corn, <laughs> fire roasted peppers, fire roasted chiles. Okay. Um, your next pun is when Harry met Salami Burger for When Harry Met Sally, 1989. Bob. Yes. Yeah. Um, so now you're two for one? Two, two and one? Two and one. Two and one, yeah. Um, your final pun is the Weekend at Bernays Burger for Weekend at Bernie's 1989. That is really good. I'm going to go with Bob. Yes. Well done. Good showing this week. Thank you. Wow. Okay. I don't know why you would ever want Bernays sauce. What is Bernays sauce? I feel like we did this. I, I've done we've this We've had pun this before. whole thing. Yeah, we've That's done this pun before. That's why I guess Bob. Yeah. Because we had this conversation. It wasn't too yeah. long ago, but I needed an 80s movie. And yeah. I didn't want to come up with all of them on my own. I Bob love has it. plenty. Good job, Max. Should we get into the episode? Yes. Because I'm really excited to talk about it. 
I'm can I'm so excited to talk about it. Like we said, it's such a good way to kick off a season five coming hard with two of the biggest 80 movies. We're going to get into that. Skylar, are you ready to give us the title and synopsis for season five, episode one? I am. This episode is called Work Hard or Die Trying Girl. I feel like you have to do a little like Finger point. Finger wag. Girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's the synopsis. When Miss LeBons announces that she will pick a student-written piece for the fall musical this year, Gene dreams of his die-hard adaptation making the cut. But his hope crashes and burns when Courtney's working girl, which is totally written by her father, is chosen instead. Louise, of course, hatches a plan to put on an underground production of Jean's brilliant musical, stealing most of Courtney's audience. In the end, the two musicals join forces to create the inspired, work-hard-or-die-trying girl. And if you're wondering, no, Carly Simon does not attend as Courtney's father promised, much to Mrs. LeBon's chagrin. This episode came out on October 5th, 2014. It was written by Nora Smith and directed by Jennifer Coyle. Amazing. That's kind of late because I'm I'm thinking about we're in season 12 currently. It just premiered a couple weeks ago. I guess that came out. It started in October. Yeah. So that seems about right. So I guess like they end in May and then the next season's typically in October-ish. Yeah. I'm sure maybe COVID knocked it around a little bit. Probably. Yeah. But I like this because like it's the fall musical going back to school and we're kind of in that season of going back to school too. So I feel like if you're wa- if you watch this premiere live, it was just like spot on got to be at the school while everyone's returning to school. Fun fact about Nora is that she was nominated for a Writers Guild Award for this specific episode. Oh, wow. Okay. So they knew that this was a strong one going into it. I think they were just like they they were like, we don't even have time for the opening credits. This is going to be a masterpiece. We're taking every single minute. And do you agree that it's a masterpiece? I think it's pretty close. Here's my issue with this. These are two huge 80s movies, right? Yes. I'm an 80s kid. Yes. But I'm, I was born like in the 80s. I wasn't like born in the 70s and like seeing these movies in the mm-hmm. 80s. Die Hard, everyone knows Die Hard. Working Girl was a big movie. I maybe have seen parts of Working Girl, and I've maybe seen Die Hard once, maybe twice. And I saw Die Hard late in life. I know it's a classic. I know mm-hmm. everyone fight argues, is it a Christmas movie? Is it not a Christmas movie? <laughs> Do people watch it every Christmas? So I enjoy it, but I don't like love these movies so much that I like get all the references necessarily, except for the basic stuff. I'm exactly in the same boat as you, and so I didn't get every reference, but the episode still works so well, but if they had chosen, I mean, Working Girl is amazing because the hair, the the shoulder pads, the coffee, the middle schoolers pretending they know what it's like to try and make it in the big city. It's just amazing. But yeah, I don't, um, what movies would you have picked? I'm looking behind your head at my Funko Pops, and there's plenty of 80s movies behind you. There's your not head. enough female. Got, that's true. I've driven got, movies back there. I've got Beetlejuice, there. Back to the Future, Big, Little Shop of Horrors. I, I, I don't know. Back to the Future would be so fun. 
Yeah, I wonder if that just one two on the nose. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Back to the Future has a musical out in London, and they released the trailer <laughs> recently, and I made Skylar watch it, and it looks fantastic, to be honest. It does look really good. I would love to go see that musical. I feel like their picks are good. Like, I, I just, I feel like their picks are what Gene would pick and yes. what Courtney would, Courtney's dad would pick. I yes. can see Courtney's dad picking Working Girl. Working Girl was big. It was, you know, Melody Griffith. It was... As big as the hair. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver, Harrison Ford. These are big stars. Bruce Willis and Die Hard. These are, these are huge stars from the 80s. And they became huge stars in the 80s, for sure. So, I mean, Harrison Ford was probably already a big star by then. But I can see why these were the movies they picked to parody. I think it works even if you don't know the movies well. It does. It completely does. But it would be that cherry on top if we got every single reference. Yeah, maybe if we went back watch those movies mm-hmm. and then watch it again which i'm sure we do will at some point because yeah. they're both fun movies to watch i guess i don't like die hard is that like a cardinal sin well look this is what i'm telling you like i'm not like a avid die hard watcher i think it's got a great villain uh alan rickman oh, as hans gruber so good but it's not something that, like i have to like i know people are obsessed with die hard okay and okay. i'm not that obsessed and i've seen and i there was a period where like I, you're I, not a die hard I'm not a die-hard, die-hard fan. Yes. (laughs) Okay. What did you love about this episode? Well, not to promote our Patreon, but also to promote our Patreon, we did um, the Gene Song Showdown, which is all songs written by Gene. We did like a bracket, what are the best Gene songs? But we didn't do season five. It was only seasons one through four. We're going to get to season five through whatever we do for our next one over there. This is going to be included in there because this is Gene... At the top of his game, creating an entire musical based on an 80s action movie. Eventually playing every... Yeah. Eventually playing every character. A lot of songs are going to make it into the next, um, our next Patreon. Go subscribe over there, patreon.com slash Bob's Credits. That'll be coming somewhere down the road, but we've also got lots of other stuff over there, so go subscribe. It's super fun. Okay, so your answer was you love the Gene music. This is Gene at the top of his game. Gene creating the music. Gene creating an entire play. Gene playing all the roles in the play. Gene then, in the last minute, helping to push these two plays together to make one musical. He's he's a musical genius. I think he is. I, I truly think so. He is like the animated version of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny. Oh, um... I love this episode because, one, a gene-driven episode, absolutely love it. Two, I love the format of the flashbacks. So there, the episode starts all in Mr. Fraun's office, and I like everybody telling their different perspectives. I forgot about that. That's phenomenal. Courtney and Jean, and come on, we get to see Courtney and Jean paired up again. I mean, it's going to be great seeing Tina in her 80s and then the way Linda supports anything Gene tells in his story is just like so funny to me. Louise being the money hungry, you know, agent again. It it never fails. Um, I love when they're telling their version of the story and something pops up in the story that's like very clearly them like. Their perspective. Yeah, skewing the story to make themselves look good. It's so funny. Um, Is this a good time for us to talk about the tacos? 
I think we should talk about the tacos. Okay, the kids are eating in the beginning scene where they're talking about the musical or they hear about the musical. They're at lunch, it's right? It's Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Gene and Tina. Skylar, you pointed it out to me. Why don't you say what's going on with the tacos? Well, we have had a previous whole conversation about tacos on this podcast before. We were talking about toilet tacos. Yeah. So now we need to talk about, maybe we should start a segment called Taco Bout. And anytime there's tacos in Bob's Burgers, we should address it. I love it. You get the, like a little theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, taco, taco about. about. Ooh, let's taco talk about, about it. Let's talk about tacos. Ooh. Okay. I feel like Linda. <sighs> Which is the greatest talk feeling about in the world. <laughs> uh. Well, now I sound like Daryl from this episode. <laughs> Trying to sing like Mariah Carey. Um, I feel like. My world has been shaken. These kids, this school, eats tacos from the top down. Is it the school or is it the Belcher kids? I thought it was the Belcher kids. And then I looked back behind them and there is a girl eating her taco as if it's a sandwich. Here's a theory that I just came up with. Well, oh. now, now that you say it's not just the Belcher kids, but... Did Bob teach his kids to eat everything like their hamburgers? Oh, my God. You just blew my mind. Maybe that's what it is. And then the Belcher kids it around. seem influential. So maybe, yeah, they've passed it around the calf. Well, here's the thing. I've never eaten a taco that way, but now I want to after watching them do it. I want to, too. I think it's crazy, but at the same time, it looks fun. The a different experience. You're getting different flavors at a different time. The point of a taco is that it's eaten in a very like efficient way. Like, whoever created the taco, you you know what I mean? Like, you get... So, to eat it the wrong way is just... Yeah, now it that I think work. about it, like, if you're eating it from the top down, you're getting, like, lettuce and cheese, not getting the meat until you get to the bottom. It's like a Chipotle burrito, where it's, like, a huge bite of guac. Yeah. And then a bite of beef. Exactly. And then a bite of rice or whatever. Not to mention, what happens when the taco breaks apart? Isn't the point of a taco is that you can eat it with your hands, without a knife and fork, from start to finish. What yeah, happens this, when you break the middle? This isn't very efficient. And maybe we got to go back and see who's telling what parts of the story when this is happening. And if but it's I, in I'm both. I'm pretty sure it's Gene telling the story. Maybe in Gene's head, everyone eats tacos. Like, like let's say he does that and he thinks everyone else eats them like that. I don't think it is. I think it's Courtney and Gene, which is like one of the only Thing same details. Okay. All right. All right. We will answer this once please, and for all on Instagram. Please, everyone, let's have a conversation. Let's let's uh, talk about it. Let it, this is Taco Gate. We need to figure this out. <laughs> How do you eat your tacos? Not you. I'm asking. I'm asking the listeners. Everyone you, is going to say like a normal person, mm -hmm. like a like God intended tacos to be eaten. Yeah. If any of you say like you put it on your plate and you eat it with a fork, and then I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'll lose it. I'll absolutely lose it. All right. It's like that Seinfeld episode where they eat like the Snickers bar with a fork and knife. Who? And everyone starts. There's a whole episode where oh someone my. starts that and everyone's doing it. Oh, we haven't even gotten to fun facts yet. No, we haven't gotten to fun facts. But before we do that, there, as we've mentioned all the characters so far, there's a lot of voice actors returning. Oh, this yeah. One. Like yeah. you said, Courtney's back. So David ba David Wayne as Courtney. Hilarious. Uh, her dad's back, Doug Wheeler, who is voiced by... John Michael Higgins, I believe. I'm, I'm going on this. Those are three names that I'm just going to agree with. Well, we've talked about them in the past. If you want to know what they're from, you got to go find those episodes where they where they 
But yes, it's John Michael Higgins. Um, we get regular size Rudy. So Brian Husky's back. We get Jimmy Pesto. We get Andy Nolly. We get Bobby Tisdale as Zeke. We get Daryl, as I mentioned. So Aziz Ansari's back. They're bringing everyone back for this. This is a great moment for me to mention. Obviously, all these voices are back because we're at school and the whole episode takes place at school. But because of the end credits and because there are no opening credits, this is the first episode to never, ever once show the restaurant. Wow. I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. Yes. Oh, my God. So no burger puns up in the restaurant. Right. We have had episodes where they're not in the restaurant, like um, season four premiere, River Runs Through It, I believe. But you have the opening credits and I believe the end credits that feature the restaurant. Wow, that that is a fun fact. That's crazy. I because I didn't even like realize <laughs> that, that is a fun well, fact. That is, well, that is that certainly. <laughs> I'm having a good time. Are you? I don't know why I went southern, but. <laughs> um, and then I also want to mention that uh, Peter Pescadero is totally in the basement with them. He just like pops up so randomly. I felt like I had to give him a shout out. Oh yeah, he's in a, he's in a bunch of this one because he's got yeah. he's, he's trying to create his like fall musical with his flute. And actually, yeah. it's called And the Leaves. He's, I liked it. Yeah. I, I love anything fall themed. Yeah. Through this rewatch, I'm definitely not- noticing Peter Pescadero a lot more than just his mentions. Yeah. He's in it a lot. He's subtle, but he's there. Is this where we finally are? Miss LeBons is at her full LeBons? I think so. You know what? I think we're going to have to save that conversation for the evolution of Miss Ms. LeBons on, Patr- on Patreon. She'll yeah. be soon because she is so different Early from when on. we really started. Yeah. Yes. We'll do we'll do the evolution of Miss uh, LeBons over there very soon. Let's put a pin in this episode. This is where we think, you yeah. know, her she's, transformation. She's voiced by H. Sean Benjamin, who, of course, is Bob. She's very, very much like this, and she's a big... Your pecs just tensed so much while you did that voice. That's how I do it. I have to squeeze my pecs, and then it's like, oh my god, I love Collie Simon. She's my favorite. (laughs) Did you... Does it like force the voice out of you? Well, I'm also still like, you know, we're still very romantic. I'm trying to seduce you while we're recording. (laughs) Okay. I'm always flexing. You know how I love. I I always point with my bicep showing (laughs) over, well, biscuits over there. I feel like that's something one of Tina's horrible crushes would do. (laughs) All right. So I just have a few more fun facts for you. Um, So we talked about the opening credits, but because of the season four finale, the two-parter, this now becomes the third consecutive episode with no opening credits. Oh, that's also interesting. That's a long time to wait for the iconic opening credits. Yeah. I mean, if we were if we were an opening credits podcast, we would be devastated. We'd be devastated. <laughs> We'd, We'd have skip to skip. Someone, <laughs> skip three episodes. All right. So I have a little tidbit for you that I really love. It's so Bob's. Um, so both Tina and Courtney, even though they're for the whole episode are dressed in their iconic 80s working girl outfits, um, Tina keeps her barrette, her yellow barrette. Oh, I love that. And Courtney keeps her necklace. Now we have to make sure that they remain in the credits. That's very important to me. Okay. All right. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, and then 
let's move away from the school for a second because I'm kind of sad about this. This is the only episode in season five in which... No Teddy. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that that's worth keeping in the episode. It's just okay to say there's no Teddy. So um, there's a goof. I know we don't kind of talk about continuity errors and goofs that much on here, but I loved this one so much. And thank you, Internet, because I never, ever would have picked up on this. But when um, Ollie and Andy are at the bulletin board for casting, they're wearing the wrong clothes. They're wearing each other's clothes. Oh, okay. Is that funny? Yeah, I don't even know how that happens. I don't even know. It's hard to keep them straight. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I guess that's how that happens then. Exactly. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So those are my little fun facts for you. If I was someone who worked on this show and like the fans pointed that out, I'd be like, you guys... They look exactly alike. Can't you just let this one slide? (laughs) I know. I know. It's like when people point out my typos, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> um, should we get into the end credits? Because we are going to have to... There's a lot to go through here. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to play the last moment as usual, and it is everyone applauding the end of this this musical that Where just they've performed. come together. Bob thinks he notices um, a celebrity next to him, and then Gene and Courtney are going to have a little moment while they're bowing on stage. Oh my God, Carly Simon? Who? Oh, sorry. You, know, you, you look like Carly Simon. You look like Carly Simon. Well, it's a compliment. Back off. Sorry, jeez. I smell a Tony, which is also what happens to me when I call my farts. We're We're nice. Nice. Okay, I, it's so hard to, it's so it's so work hard to stop that. Um, <laughs> to stop what? Oh, because you love the song, it. It's such a good song. Um, okay, so tell us what happened. So Bob thinks he sees Carly Simon in the audience. This woman is not having it and thinks he's probably hitting on her. <laughs> it's a great moment. It's so funny because Bob is not that kind of guy, and exactly. Everyone uh, and people always think he's hitting on them. It's it feels like yeah, like with the guy at the deli. Maybe he just has that vibe. I don't know. Also, who doesn't know who Carly Simon is? Oh me. Uh, well, well, we'll see if we'll that see. makes the cut. <laughs> You're right. I don't know who doesn't. I don't, well, I guess so. I could it could happen. How old is this woman next to him? Maybe she's significantly younger. Doesn't I don't know. Okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. So then we get Gene and uh, from behind, we're a shot from behind Gene and Courtney looking out to the audience. You know, they're talking. Gene is in his Hans Gruber outfit. He's got this great beard that's like tied around the back of his head or like elastic. I love I love the costume. <laughs> like a goggle strap. Yeah. And then what does it do for the end credits, Skylar? Let's see. Okay, I'm just going to stop it there. Because what do we see? So we see the stage with all the kids lined up in kind of this like encore line. So they're all in their costumes. They're on stage, the New York background. Um, We still have the black and white, like iconic credits. So the curtains are black and white. And then the audience is just white out. And then it's like a chorus line of the kids. Yes. Great musical, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then I used to be in musical theater. Can you tell? <laughs> I can tell. Bell kicks. <laughs> oh no, the bell kicks are back. <laughs> um, so then from the right side of the screen in the silhouette, we see someone like on a float, kind of floating behind the kids elevated. Yeah, behind the curtain. Do we know who all these kids are? I see a few that I don't recognize. Oh, sh. Okay, from, from looking at the screen from left to right, I've got regular size Rudy. I don't know who's next to him. Oh, shit. Then we get Daryl. Uh-huh. Then we got Andy and Ollie. Mm-hmm. Then we got Louise, mm-hmm. Zeke, Courtney, Jean, Tina. Is there a barrette? Yes, I see the barrette. Yes. Uh, does Courtney Court- have her necklace? She does. Okay. And next to Tina is Jimmy Pesto Jr., followed by... I don't know. And then Jocelyn? Yep. And then... I don't know. Yeah. Okay, we're great, Bob's fans. Yeah. Anyway, and they're doing this like just little like sidestep clap, sidestep clap all together to the song as we wait for the shadow to come through. Exactly. And they're singing the end to the title song, the song uh, Work Hard or Die Die Trying Girl. And it's really just the lyrics in this are work hard or die trying girl. I have to really interrupt you here. I'm so sorry. Okay, go ahead. This song is written... 
by Carly Simon. It's written by her? She wrote this song. I mean, I know, spoiler alert, that she performs it, but she wrote this song? She wrote it. Oh, my God. For the show. No way. That's amazing. That's amazing. I know. I love her. Like, (laughs) what? I love Bob's. Wow. It's so good. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. It's just work hard or die trying, girl. And then it's like, ooh, you work hard, you die hard. And that's just, they're repeating that. You know, there's a lot more to like the song itself in the play, but Mm -hmm. that's what we're hearing here. I love it. Listen to a bit more as you. Yeah. And I do want to ask you, because every character is kind of doing their sidestep in their character, obviously. Would you point out who you think is the goofiest? Sure. I do have to point out that I love Zeke in his Bruce Willis costume because they give him like that wig that has like the um the bald spot the balding spots what's it called when it's like a bald cap the the receding hair the the wig oh. has like a receding hairline and then yeah, it's so funny it's it's really great you this would s- be a good Halloween costume totally and I'm sure it's been done Zeke as oh Zeke as specific. yeah okay I like that okay let's go back and see just how the kids are dancing. Oh I can't tell which who's the who's the craziest clapper. I think Jimmy Jr. is the most in character. He's like, I'm a dancer, so I am going to. Mine's going to be bigger and better and more dancey than everyone. He is very. He's supposed to be the Harrison Ford character. Uh huh. And I could see Harrison Ford clapping like that. He's got to be the the clappiest clapper. Well, he's just like super serious, but also I could see him just coming out in the. I don't know. <laughs> I, that have was a horrible description. It? Yeah, now I'm thinking like Harrison Ford never seems to have fun in anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tina is also very stiff and very Tina-esque, which is amazing. I also think Daryl might be a little goofy. Daryl is going kind of like really going at it. Oh my! Yeah, he's his put, elbows he's put his are arms out. Yeah. <laughs> so we get the big reveal right after that. Oh. We get a close up and a spotlight on who? She's out of the silhouette. In bright color, and it is the one and only Carly Simon. But she looks just like the girl that was sitting next to Bob. So Bob was right. Yeah, her hair's a little lighter, but they're also kind of wearing like both lavendery tops, too. Here's a theory. Oh. Was it her? And she was just like, please leave me alone. I don't want everyone to know that I'm here. I'm just coming to like, I got to hop on stage in a second. I think it's possible, but their voices sound really different. Okay. Like Carly Simon has that gravelly kind of voice. But they did and make And their them, hair color is different. They did make them look very much alike. So Bob is not at fault here. Yeah. Bob kind of got the... Oh, no. She has very thick bangs. That other woman didn't. Okay. So... It's not the same woman. I'm sorry. Just I, wanna, they, they I wanted similar, to go though. there with you. They look similar. Yeah. So we've got, um, they're doing this thing that they do in the credits a lot, which is color on the top half and then the credits over a white background on the bottom half. And it's a close up of Carly Simon. Yeah. Later in this week on our Instagram, I'm going to post some really good screen grabs of these credits because there's lots of really good shots Fine. to share. Okay. A lot happened there. Oh, she's on a on a on a ship. She's on a ship coming in. We yeah, we see in a second, and then we get a close up of a, a new character introduction. I think this is right. I believe. Do so. you have this marks? Yes, um, Miss Merkin. 
first appears in Work Hard or Die Trying Girl. Okay, so this is where we first meet Miss Merkin to come play the music. She loves Jean. Jean loves her. Great relationship. She reminds me, I hate to go back to Always Sunny in Philadelphia and their musical, but the old woman, Gladys, they oh, that Charlie brings in to play. What? What's happening? A hundred percent. I love it. I love that. Maybe woman. we should do a mashup of the two of them, or no, the two the two Musicals. shows. I would watch that. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. So work work hard or die trying, girl. Mm. Day man, the nightman cometh. That's what yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so she's a tap tap tapping behind her piano. Yep, and then we get right after that. Gene uh, going nuts, right? So we. Close up. A close up of Gene, Tina, and Courtney clapping their hands, doing that move with the boat moving in the background. And then it pans, the camera pans over to a close up of Zeke just in time for him to chime in, too. Love I'm going to go Zeke. back so we can hear that all okay. over again. So you get G- Zeke's like, come on, come on. I did not see that when we were watching the credits, like on the couch with the TV, that come on, come on. It's so good. He has his arms like up and then down. It's so good. These kids are so passionate about this play. I love it. So then after that kind of like close up of Zeke, we get another full stage shot as the boat is still bringing uh, Carly Simon in in the backgrounds to the center stage. And then I think we get another close up of... Okay, so much is happening. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> so we get more close-ups of first we get Zeke, Courtney, Jean, and Tina, and then more close-ups of Carly Simon singing when she goes off singing that ooze. It's a great moment. She almost looks like she's howling at the moon. It's just like a great Carly Simon moment. Yeah, with the Statue of Liberty drawn behind her, and then it pan the camera pans out to show the full stage again. Uh-huh. And then we get a close-up of Andy and Ollie dancing. Yep. Followed by regular size Rudy shaking a tambourine. Now, I may have spotted a continuity error. Tell me. I could think my way out of it, but for this whole sequence, Rudy has the tambourine in his right hand, and when they come to his close-up, it's in his left hand, which you could have easily switched, but I'm just telling you. Yeah. Just yeah. telling you what's up. Yeah. And then we'll let, uh, I think it's a close-up of Carly Simon take us out. We'll see here. <laughs> delightful so it it's mostly the end is a close-up of carly simon singing and then it it's one more last shot of everyone on stage and they kind of like watching her close up Mm -hmm. and like with the headphones on as opposed to like way back on our living room sofa i kind of got the carly simon chills oh you did a little bit yeah i mean it's she's such an iconic voice and it's so fun i also really love I don't know who it is, Ollie or Andy. He, one of them like throws their head back. Yeah, and you can kind of hear them if you if you're listening out for it. And um, then what? Who's what do we hear right at the very end? Gene. Voice is not as great as Carly's. No, no, he's not. He, you know, 
Yeah, I, I see Gene as more a Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> in that <he's, laughs> Max has thought. He's this creative genius behind this these musicals and he, you know, but he tends to be not as good as the other performers on the stage. Yes. You know, like go to go watch Hamilton. Everyone is singing circles around him. Um and that's okay. He's done more than enough for this show. He's created it. He's, you know. Yeah, but anyway. when you're brilliant, you can put yourself in your own show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, those are the end credits, highlights, lowlights. I just have to say, I just fell in love with it a lot more really watching them. That tends to happen to us here, right? Did you have that experience or I, you loved them from the get-go? or I, didn't? Both. I love them from the get-go, but I love them even more now after watching them again and watch them closely and going back and looking at certain things. It makes you want to dance, too. It makes you want to get on stage. and It's such a good... Like, we, I, it's the first episode of season five to have all of these characters we've grown to love, these side characters joining the Belcher kids on stage for this like finale end credit sequence. It's just fantastic to me. Plus a, a huge guest cameo. And not to mention, this wasn't just a huge random guest cameo. They threaded this storyline to pay off in the credits. So the credits kind of take a bigger... Uh, bigger real estate in the episode if if a like a literal story arc pays off in them yeah i, I wonder if it was like they're writing it there's the carly simon joke and they're like wouldn't it be fun if carly simon would do it you know blah blah blah, blah. but they're like ah she wouldn't and then they're like they ask her they get her it's it's great should we score these yeah okay we score on a scale of one to ten h's at the end of tina's uh i'm gonna let you take this one first i'm gonna give it a ten I am going to join you on that 10. Yeehaw. The song is fantastic. The combination of the two movies and the title of the song and then <laughs> singing it is amazing. A Carly Simon cameo in a Gene written song. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sign me up. Again, all of these side characters from Wagstaff School that we've grown to love making this appearance and joining in and coming together. I really feel like this kicks off a lot more of like Wagstaff antics with these side characters this season i love it it's Just already started and grows. we've gotten into it a bit but like like i said like we're getting a lot more jocelyn which come on i love i live for a lot more jocelyn i just i just love it i think it was it was a big exciting way to kick off season five and a exciting credits to get you excited about the credits again they, if, yeah. they knew the end credits were so good that they took away the opening credits which are also great yes episode. well said yeah, all the feels. Is there any better way to start a season? Which we did not feel that way with uh, the premiere of season four. Yeah, this is it's it's a very strong premiere. Yeah, and I think they knew that. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Bob's Credits on Twitter too. We'll post stuff having to do with these credits because there's a lot to see. We're constantly posting stuff on there. What else? Leave us some reviews. You've been leaving reviews, and we're. So touched and honored by it. It really helps us out. Yeah, and it just means a lot to us. Um, anything else, Kyle, you want to tell everyone before we I'm just going to say here? stay saucy or die trying, girl. Oh, I like that. Nightman. Nightman. <laughs> the day man. Ah. Oh, is it day man? Have I been saying nightman this whole time? Well, the play is called The Nightman Cometh. Okay. But the song is day man. I'm pretty sure. 
All right. Let's go record a Patreon episode. Ah. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.